Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with FL Montreal's Josh Miller on a very special evening. Good evening, Josh. Hello, Dan. And this is our uh, 200th episode. Wow. 10 years in. Can you believe it? 10 years in, Dan. We started the uh, kind of the end of calendar 2009 and have had some phenomenal, phenomenal guests and some great pieces of advice and lots of learning over the years. I have to say, in the first couple of years, uh, I was not an entrepreneur, and I became one uh, after about around year two or three. And uh, just listening to all the stories made me sort of speed it up a little bit and, and really inspired me. So I'll share some of my thoughts in the hour. We'll hear from uh, all kinds of local celebrities and entrepreneurs. Uh, we're going to count down our, our top 10 moments. I mean, there are so many good moments over the years, but we had to choose 10. Um, and a lot of brilliant people didn't make the cuts because we, we were constrained by time. But we'll share 10 uh, pieces of wisdom. And a lot of them are unconventional, by the way. A lot of them you won't hear in business school. And, uh, and those top 10 moments are coming up on the show today. And Dan, there, there's no question. We had 199 shows before this. And even when we were going through it, it we were like down to like the top 30. And we just mm-hmm. had to narrow it down. So uh, hopefully you'll enjoy our top 10 selection. And I also want to thank you, Josh, for, for begin, beginning this project 10 years ago and to FL as well. Um, a few years ago, you know, it became clear, I think, that the way we do content in, in, in media and in web needs to change a little bit. And you guys, I think, were at the forefront of something that I think is really important, and that is community service and building that into your model. So thank you for, to you guys to for, for your commitment to this project and to inspire Montrealers every week. 10 years later, uh, it's clear that you were ahead of the curve, and uh, and I applaud you and, and FL for your commitment to, uh, to to this service. Thank you, and and I I'd like to think we stay true to form. For us, the goal was to impart knowledge, was to educate, was to help the budding entrepreneurs and even the experienced entrepreneurs that were at a bit of a roadblock or or a fork in the road, and. We have stayed true to that. We thank our entrepreneurs for staying true to that. We've never wanted to be an infomercial, which I think we're pretty good at staying away from, but more about teaching and letting the listener get some gleaning, some information on how they can run or start their own business. And I'm sure you'll hear, um, uh, you'll recognize a lot of business owners on the program tonight that we're going to hear back from. All of the interviews, by the way, are on the FL Montreal page in the community section if you want to check them out there. And, uh, well, let's get the countdown started. Uh, let's begin with a, uh, a business that started in Westmount, I believe, and uh, really became a darling of celebrities visiting Montreal. And this actually, this, this first one actually started out of the back of a clothing store. And then moved into, you know, having what they are today is multiple locations and close to 300 people. So let's listen to Rebecca Wolf from Mandy's Gourmet Salads. We've never paid for advertising. I think one of the strongest forms of advertising today um, is when somebody else speaks to your business. So word of mouth was extremely strong for us. We didn't even have signage outside for the first um, six or seven years of our business. Um, so it was purely word of mouth. And I think that's what really gave us the grounding force to build the brand that we have today, um, that it was a very powerful tool for us, for people to, to speak to each other about the business. People come in sometimes five days of the week to eat the same salad, and they've, it became almost like a cult following. And then social media you know, was born however many years ago. We got on that bandwagon right away, and we're extremely grateful for that. I think it's a very wonderful era to live in um, in business today because you virtually have free advertising and you can reach you know tens of thousands of people in the click of a button and it's free. So we're very grateful for that and also that 
other people can post for you. So we've created a, a product that's, I guess people call it brandable. So people take a lot of photos of the salads themselves and the locations, and that's helped tremendously with spreading the word. There you have it. And so Rebecca Wolf from Mandy's Gourmet, and uh, she talks a lot about organic social media growth. I love her quote, Josh, we've never paid for advertising. It's all, it's all word of mouth from Mandy's. And I'm looking at uh, this post here from a few months back when Jennifer Aniston was in town. And she dropped by Mandy's, and you know that that creates an Instagram post, and that creates a lot of buzz in media. And so, uh, bravo to Mandy's for uh, getting it right with uh, with a very limited budget. And you know, we are talking about food; it are, they are salads, so the word of mouth does play into it, obviously. But there's no doubt about it. If you don't have the right product, then you know you really might have to pay for advertising. But if you have the right product, and people want to come to your location then it, it will speak for itself. So, you know, for me, that lesson was work to make sure you have a great product with a great service and, uh, and people will come. And they were also ahead of the trend too, right? I mean, the vegan stuff was only getting going a few years later uh, and Mandy's uh, was ahead of the curve. All right, let's get to number nine. Checking in there is uh, also um, uh, a piece of advice about marketing and about having the product speak for itself and, uh, and once in a while giving away the product. And this is, you know, this is another food place. We're going to listen to Kimberly Laluz from Miss Prête Manger. She was on the show uh, a few years ago, and that was even before she had Bird Bar and Hen Den and actually her own TV channel. So she was really building a brand. But of course, it starts with something. It starts with a product. This is this is what Kim had to say. It's all about word of mouth. The food speaks for itself. And I'm, I'm not actually a big fan of um, legitimate advertising per se. Like I like to do, I'll pick up a, a fundraiser, for example, and do it for free, do it a trade-off of visibility. So it's kind of like a double whammy. You know, you, you get to do something good for the community or whichever community they're fundraising for and then provide food and get yourself known. So literally from day one, it was a question of cooking for people, having them taste the food, sending them some samples, um, that's the kind of marketing technique that I've uh, adopted. And I, I did the same in fashion for a little while. So I've seen it kind of work across the board. You know, I, I my ex-boss used to spend big dollars on, uh, uh, you know, billboards and magazines and newspapers and whatever. And I was one day, I was just like, how about we send out some product, you know? And it took a little bit longer than expected. And I remember he was very not happy with me. <laughs> he was a little nervous. And I just I would go home every night going like, oh, my God, can somebody put those damn jeans on? <laughs> you know, like, feel them, touch them, live them. And then it just happened one second. One and it just started selling. So what Kim is saying is a lot of what we were saying at the top of the uh, the show is give your product away. You know, it's that give to get mentality. And I believe that Kimberly certainly expressed it very well. Again, there was a great product to be had, but the only way at the beginning that somebody can really understand and see and feel and touch your product is to maybe give it away. And certainly it's one form of advertising. Instead of paying for those ads or those flyers or whatever, you're paying for the product and the merchandise, but that can speak volumes when somebody absolutely attaches themselves and loves it. And now we're on to uh, a band of brothers who had a, a really big idea. They're really into snacking, and, uh, well, they're really good at knocking on doors. The, these are really true entrepreneurs. I mean, they're all entrepreneurs, but these guys, these four brothers, really made it happen and started completely from scratch. And what really they're going to talk about is give back to the community which, as we know, and as we're going to talk about in our upcoming season, corporate social responsibility and community give back, definitely big. And, of course, the relationships that you need to develop. Here to tell you a little bit about that 
is Fabio and Joe Zabili from Bad Monkey Popcorn. Everybody's been super supportive. It's It's been incredible with local companies. They could have easily uh, squashed us in the beginning, and they were very supportive of us, even gave us amazing spots. Um, and if the owner likes you, then you could do magic, and that's really what it is. Yeah, whether it was the big guys like Sobeys, Metro, or Provigo, or Maxi, or whatever, I mean, even the small guys, it just from big or small, everybody was super supportive, so we didn't really do it on ourselves, like, and we had so much help and so much, people People had a lot of faith in us, too. Yeah, so if you're an entrepreneur out there and wanting to start a business, trust me, we, you have a great opportunity. People are very, uh, they're helpful. My, my takeaway from, from that show was that um, being affable, being friendly, and, and counting on people uh, to sort of see past the product and just connect with you as a person, that can be a very effective tool. There is a certain level of humility that can go a really long way. doesn't mean you need to be that all the time. You need to have uh, your tough moments as well. You need to push back when you need to push back. But if you find the right moments of humility, the right moments to just be that extra friendly, your suppliers and customers will connect with you that much more. They had an incredible story, right? Another example of, of rapid growth for for a business that was uh, that that's you know they he, they went in having some competitors in a sense. I mean, they're popcorn. There's popcorn everywhere, but they had a twist and uh, and they exploited that. Um, what, what's what is your advice in terms of people who have a product that is that is out there already, but they want to distinguish themselves from the pack? You really, it's all about finding that niche. It's all about finding something a little bit different. There were. There were there were flavors out there that other people had done before, but they were really experimenting more. But even more importantly, they were kept giving back. They kept giving back. They kept showing up. They did, I don't know how many dozens of or a hundred events in their first year or two and still to this day. So they are out there. They are in the community. People love, and they have a phenomenal product. There's no question about it. Getting it into their mouth, of course, that word of mouth again, but also that community give back. I think that really pushed them over the top. Checking in at number seven, we have an entrepreneur whose story is really remarkable. Uh, yes, he did sleep at his office. Uh, this is a young man who, again, saw a trend and uh, and delivered something that necessarily wasn't the, the, the sexiest idea, but wow, was it necessary. And in, in this business that is really, you know, today's economy and in our, in our green, green energy, this is not only about that, but the state of mind, the mindfulness of this next entrepreneur he really, it's, you know, he had his Zen moments, not always because it's a, it's a, it's a tough market out there. And, uh, and he's going to talk about, uh, you know, getting, getting into his story and, and really building the right contacts. And also now he has a new, he has a new product out there uh, called Roofcraft. So here is Lenny Moreno of Softdesk. I can, honestly, I can stay all night talking about this. If you want to be at the top, you need to surround yourself with the best. And when I'm talking about the best, I mean the best in your industry, the people that can back you in the right spot, the people that can back you for the right things, for the things that you're missing. Is and, it because it's credibility? It just adds that much more credibility? Well, it's that, but it's also opportunity because they're, they're giving you a whole bunch of contacts because everybody wants to make money in the end. So if people will find a fit and they trust you and they trust the people that are backing you, then you're in the right fun. But, you know, to the ones listening that are looking for financing, you have to do your homework. You have to make sure that you know your, your market. You have to make sure that you're with the right people. You're surrounded with the right team, that your product is not uh, obsolete or it's not way too competitive. You have to know your stuff. These people, they know what they're doing. 
in the end, they're looking at the bottom line. And what is the bottom line return on investment for that fund? The fund is looking to make X amount of profit, X amount of times the amount invested. So if you can find a way to show your model and make sure that it makes sense and make sure that there's a market and make sure that you got the right team and you're in the right timing for your product, then there's no way in hell why investors wouldn't support you. So Lenny's product, by the way, is uh, is installation software for solar panels. How did he get the idea? Well, he was installing solar panels himself and probably asked himself, there must be a better way, and he just went for it. And to, to take that, that was definitely part of it. And what I think I want to really bring out what he was talking about is networking is undervalued. Networking, it's really going out and pounding the pavement. It's really going out and finding out who your multipliers can be. And Lenny was great at that. Ren- Lenny had a, a great relationship touch. He was able to, to speak with anybody. And, of course, it came with a lot of passion, as, as we're going to hear throughout the show. But no question about it, he was networking Obut right till the end, uh, complete and getting to know all the people he needed to know. And Lenny's part of that startup sort of VC world that is very popular in Montreal, especially with young entrepreneurs. And the thing that I found interesting was that uh, he sort of emphasized the need to find the right investors, not just any investor with money, but the right one who could actually complement your skill set and take your business to the next level. So do your homework on your business, yes, but also on your potential investors. Absolutely. On to the next one, Dan. Yeah, this one's fun. So what happens if the Indianapolis 500 is waiting for your flags and they're the wrong color? Now... This is a story that many entrepreneurs will understand because this is a story about buying items from China. And as many entrepreneurs have lived with in in some difficult moments, buying from China isn't always the easiest thing and not everything comes off the plane or the boat the right way. We're going to listen a bit to how this entrepreneur really tried to manage that. This is Jamie Kerr from Fabco Custom. Well, we had a contract to uh, manufacture flags for the Indianapolis 500, and uh, it's a lot of flags, and it, which is a specific color, and it has to be matched exactly because it's a promotional piece, and it's in a very uh, premier uh, venue. Very visible, yes. Yeah, very visible. Uh, so we went back and forth with the buyer and finally agreed upon the colors. It wasn't exactly right, but they accepted it. Okay, go, sign off. Sent the sample back to the factory. We received the first off of the production, and all of the flags that were supposed to be this beautiful red were purple. <laughs> and can't uh, quite deliver that color to spirit. No, you can't put that up on the up on the stands. Uh, and I had uh, two weeks to fix the problem, so I had to get a visa, get on a plane, and get to China, find a factory to remake all of these flags and fix the problem, or uh, it was it was over. And I had a two-week period to do it. And that's what really uh, started me going in China because we fixed the problem. We found the factory. We remade everything. We flew it to Indianapolis. They had them all installed in time for the race and everything was fine. But at that point, I realized that anything can be done as long as you were there to do it. And really, that's, that's the message at the end of the day. If you're talking about China and even other locations, India, Bangladesh, whatever, but but we're talking about China here, you can pretty much get anything done in China. But if you leave it to an email or you leave it to somebody else to get done, you know, yes, you can have all the great specs in the world, but if you're not there, boots on the ground, if you're not there to watch at least the first strike off or to make sure it gets out, then you can be in deep trouble. And Jamie 
maybe learned that the hard way. And he's been he's been there so often. So this is an earlier story, and he's learned much since. But that's 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 a lesson that's important. That quote from Jamie at the end sent a chill down my spine because it's so true. And he said, anything can be done as long as you, the entrepreneur, are there to do it. And if you can't get in on in the grassroots of your business and solve that problem that your employees might not know how to solve, uh, you could be in trouble. And that's something that I learned as well. Um, that that's something that's a hard one for a lot of entrepreneurs to to learn. I think is uh, is you got to be able to do the work on the ground. Absolutely. We have a few more to go, Dan. Yeah, next segment's going to be fun. So number five, four, and three on the countdown. Cookies, kombucha, and a favorite Canadian fried snack. Checking in at number uh, five here is actually our most frequent guest on the program. And this is this is a guy that uh, that started his business in the early 80s. And I would say it's got to be one of the strongest brands in Quebec. Uh, I don't want to say bar none because we have a lot of great Quebec brands. But this is something in his business, and in the five times that we've had him on, he's touched on many aspects of running that business. Here to impart some of his knowledge is Michael Eskenazi from Felix & Norton. When I first got the idea of Felix & Norton, I wanted to open on St. Catherine Street. And I spoke with a number of landlords who said, sorry, we won't rent to you because St. Catherine Street is so expensive. And if you make mistakes, you will uh go under and your business will die. Uh, go open in a suburban area, as I did on Queen Mary, learn your business, and when you're ready, uh, then come to St. Catherine Street. And two years later, I, I opened on St. Catherine Street, and we did fantastic. But I did make a lot of adjustments and a lot of changes and learn a lot about my business. So there you have it uh, from Michael Eskenazi of Felix and Norton. I think this is interesting because uh, one thing that we talk about on the show a lot is those three golden rules of retail, location, location, location. And uh, Michael almost made a, a big mistake early on, but uh, managed to avoid it because he actually got some friendly advice from some landlords who were saying, I don't know if you can make the rent, Michael. <laughs> and, and and this is really a, a great lesson learned because it's important to test. It's a, You might not get it right out of the gate. So go and test, test in, a, in an area or a place or location that won't cost you an arm and a leg, that will be much better. And I know that later on, Michael has lent his brand to, to, the, to the Middle East and gave the same, same advice to the guy out there. Don't open in the most expensive mall in the Emirates. Open more in your hometown where you know people, where you can understand and fix and change as you go. Michael is another example of, I think, of an entrepreneur who is completely willing to get in there, get his sleeves rolled up, and, and make the cookies, and he does that on a regular basis. Number four, uh, this is a, a product that I think a lot of Montrealers don't even know was created right here, uh, popular around Canada, around the U.S., probably internationally at this point. Uh, one of the biggest drinks around is, uh, is rice kombucha. And this business was actually built out of another business. They had uh, an actually a restaurant, a food location that was vegan, vegetarian, and then they just got into this huge growth stage. Here with his some of his uh, important words is Julian Giacomelli from Rise Kombucha. We've stepped up in our batch size probably 10 times in the last eight years. So it's not all the time. So, you know, it's like you, I was saying, you know, first met, it's like getting your kids that new pair of pants. So at the beginning, the pants are a bit big and then you allow them to grow until they're a little bit short. In our case, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll step up into the terms of the size we're doing, which means we have to upgrade a lot of the equipment. And at the beginning, that first time we step up, we have a lot of work to do to make sure that the batch is good. And then you learn, it's not just a scaled recipe, you learn how to make it a bit different at each size. So it's been, 
you know, a fairly constant learning curve and needing to look all the time at how we're making it so that as we grow, it's as good. If not, I mean, my goal is to make it better as we go and not the opposite. A lot of companies, you'll be like, well, it was great when they were tiny, but as it got bigger, they just diluted the thing. We want the opposite, that as we grow and have the science team around us, we still bring all the great power of the kombucha brewers we have, but with more of the scientific side to it. And Dan, this is, again, another lesson of tweaking, of fixing of making your your product or some some cases services better it's not staying with the status quo it is constant improvement there is some reinvention going on but always around the base fantastic product and sometimes when you grow quickly that's that's quite a challenge bad monkey popcorn was like that too they grew so quickly and they had to change facilities and get the equipment in rise kombucha similar they had to experience this growth and it's not always so easy as you go from location to location the thing that I found most fascinating about that clip is how counterintuitive it is to actually say that that our product can be improved because usually when you when you expand a lot of the users will say well the product's just not like it was you know I wish it was like back when they were just starting out but what Julian is saying is through R&D and through growth and through having more expertise you can actually make your product better and I think one of the signs of a great entrepreneur Dan is knowing that it can always be better knowing that a product or an idea can always evolve all right, more snacks. Number three, uh, we were privileged to uh, to speak to the the head of a, a company that that is really a, a Canadian icon, and it really is. This is a another great. I don't want to see. Yes, it's a Quebec brand, but it's really a Canadian brand and something that that really has just hit all the tourist industry uh, and local and what have you. And they understand their niche. They understand what they need to do to sell the best. And here for the next clip. And for the next little piece of advice is Pinot Dioya from Beaver Tales. It, it, it comes down to the flagship product. People know us for Beaver Tales. They talk about Beaver Tales. They come for the Beaver Tales. But social media is the technology that allowed us to uh, promote the reality of our indulgence. How can you not have a positive memory of a nice, warm, fluffy, flaky pastry on a Rideau Canal or overlooking Grass Mountain in Vancouver or the, the Atlantic Ocean over in Newfoundland. I mean, we have some spectacular locations. We're lucky that way. But then we become part of the memories. And in fact, in the office, we sometimes say we, we, we sell pastries, but we really fabricate memorable moments. And I think that's where they really understand where they can be the best to their customers, where they can be the best company that they can be. They realize that if you're on the same normal local street, people might get a little tired. They might not. But when you're in a location, a bit of a tourist location, and, and we know they're, they're on the, the ski hills and, and they're on the, the, the canals and the waterways where there's a lot of tourist attraction, there's a lot of first-time people and a lot of repeat, a lot of kind of foot traffic that really comes there. And it's a great, tasty product that they threw the health right out the window, mm-hmm. uh, although there are worse there worst worst snacks than that. Uh, but they really understood what their market was. So he's talking a bit about location, which is so important for retail, about social media. But I think the one thing that, that I took away from, from his interview is creating the moment, right? Is creating a, an experience and using the surrounding beauty of the landscape, the tourist attraction, the, the scenery to help sell your product. I think that, that's brilliant, really. We always said people need a reason to go and buy something. Well, what better reason than being in a fantastic escape, a fantastic location where you're escaping from reality? Checking in at number two is a is a man who's been in marketing for quite some time and who's actually inspired my work. Uh, he talks about growing your company and how to mature as an organization, as, as an office as well. 
And, and this one really speaks to relationships, both external, but of course, internal. With some of those words of wisdom, here's Mitch Joel from Miram Agency. You definitely run into scenarios as you grow that forces you to put in place the things you would hope you'd never have to put in place. Policy manual. Yeah, I mean, HR, you know, it's stuff. And again, like I, people always ask me all the time, like, you know, can I work for you or whatever? And I'm like, I really don't touch HR. And I, I, I couldn't honestly tell you what the policy was. I know that, you know, I have two of my business partners who really do that well because I don't. And I let them sort of run with it. But you sort of hear through the grapevine, whether it's complaints or compliments about like how you're doing on that. And we do, you know, employee surveys and try and figure out how, you know, what, what's the temperature? Like, how do people feel about the environment? Um, and I'm also really cognizant of the fact that people have obviously different values and moral systems in place. And I don't want to offend or have anyone go, yeah, he looks really nice on the blog, but, you know, in person, he blah, 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 blah. And, you know, now that I have young kids, I think a lot about the legacy that I want to leave. And I hope that people who work for me feel a bit of like that, you know, he's, he's respectful of the work relationship versus being wonka, wonka, buddy, buddy. But we have people who are like that and they're quite comfortable. So you go, Mitch Joel, uh, not your Wonka Wonka buddy buddy, but he's his insight is brilliant. I've read a couple of his books. Uh, his insights on uh, utilitarian marketing is great. So if you're in marketing, you have to read read some Mitch Joel because he gives away his his insight too, which I think is uh, is is really valuable. And the one takeaway that, that that I'd like to share and highlight is that he also pointed out he knows what he doesn't know, and he has the other people that know that that aspect that really surrounds himself with the people that are better in the field than him. Dan, you know, we've had some great guests over the years, and, and we've only highlighted nine of them so far. There were 190 others that were that were really interesting. But now it's coming down to our last moments of the show. And every week, we always ask our entrepreneurs, what would be their one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? Dan, we're going to turn the tables to you. Uh, and we're going to ask you, Dan Delmar, what would be your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? Well, I took a while to think about this, Josh, because uh, our business is going into its eighth year. We're still a little bit new and still learning the ropes, but um, I've learned so much from today's entrepreneur and, and all the, the entrepreneurs that we've had on the program. The one thing that always sticks with me is, is love what you do. It's a cliche, but love what you do, and it doesn't feel like work, right? But let me just expand on, on the love part for a second, because there are two things that I, that I learned about how to love your business the correct way. So the first thing, uh, we mentioned this earlier, is know every single aspect to your business. Know every corner, every nook, every cranny, and know how to solve every single problem, even if it means you jumping in there and getting behind the counter or you know rolling your sleeves up and getting in the dirt. Uh, you have to be able to solve those problems when your employees cannot. That is the more of the obsession part to me. You have to be a little bit obsessed with your business. But... The other part, I think, is distance. And like any great relationship, once in a while you have to step back a little bit and see the forest from the trees. So that means scheduling breaks. It could mean scheduling you know, five minutes of meditation in the middle of your day. It could mean scheduling a vacation every two weeks in August. It could mean uh, you know, making sure that you take a Friday afternoon off once in a while and just taking the time to, to look at your business from afar. And sometimes that helps by having consultants or friends or family come in and, uh, and answer some of those questions for you. But I think if you really want to love your business the right way, you have to get away from it once in a while and the rest of the time be obsessed with it. And I think, Dan, part of that comes with it always helps to have a bit of a sounding board because when you're on your own and you're, you, you don't want to get lost in your own head. So having a sounding board to help figure out that obsession, that passion, I think would also be uh, pretty good and pretty good lesson for an entrepreneur. And thank you for being one of my sounding boards. So I'll turn the tables on you, Josh. What is your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? 
And after listening to 199 episodes, and of course, in our own, in, in the day job that we have, it's also dealing a lot with entrepreneurs. But I would say the top one for me is you need to reinvent yourself from time to time. And that doesn't mean, that doesn't only mean, you know, lose weight or, you know, get a little bit better mental health, although mental health is very important. But for me, reinventing yourself is making sure your product is up to date and in line with the current climate, making sure, or your service for that matter. It really deals with both internal and external. Reinventing yourself can really touch many aspects. Technology, no question, stay up to speed with technology. Human resources, there's no question that generations have changed over the years. We have four generations under the F.L. Fuller Landau Ruth. So reinventing yourself as generations, you know, grow up and, and become more pervasive within within the, the firm and the, the community, that too is, is hugely important. So reinventing yourself in many aspects, uh, not only about your product service, but also internally and in how you operate and so that you're attracting talent because talent, as we all know, is very difficult. Reinventing yourself. I can't say it often enough. Don't stand still. You must, must, must evolve. All right. And so we're, we're coming close right now to our number one piece of advice and our number one moment from the 10 years we've done this. Now, we had a lot of wisdom on this program. Uh, we had to pick a number one, so we don't want to offend anyone. But this one stuck with me because it has a lot to do about karma in a way, just putting good vibes out there. And even if you're not spiritual, I'm, I'm not that spiritual, but if you if you do well in business, if you are honest and conduct yourself with integrity, that will come back in spades. And uh, and um, who better to convey that, uh, that emotion than one of Quebec's most beloved dragons? And this is somebody that was on the show six years ago. So when I was speaking about evolving, she has absolutely evolved and reinvented herself uh, several times, but has become that Quebec name here with her one piece of advice is Danielle Henkel. You get more no's than, than yes, uh, for many reasons. Uh, it's not that people don't, don't trust you. It's just that, you know, they don't know you. And uh, I think that when you deal with rejection, you have to remember one thing. Be honest. Be honest with the people. Be honest with yourself. And do not think that it's the end of the world. You have to think that if you believe in what you're doing, if you believe that it cannot not work, then to con you continue. You have to go on and on until you get that yes. What a satisfaction when you get that one yes among a hundred no's. And you know then that if you do well with that yes, if the client or the supplier, because it comes from both ways. Mm. You need suppliers, you need to be loyal to them. They need to be loyal. So you need to be careful who you choose to walk the road or the path with you. Second, you also choose your clients. At first, maybe you just need clients, but you need to learn that if you don't understand the need of the client and you oversell something, it will hit you back. It will hit you back. So you have to be careful. There you have it. Danielle Henkel from The Wellness Company, also a, a member of The Dragon's Den Show, the French version here in Quebec, a woman who exudes warmth and wisdom. And it's all about karma, Josh, even with your suppliers, not just your customers. Put out good vibes uh, throughout the supply chain. And as an entrepreneur, you kind of have to be fearless. And you can't really stop in your tracks when something scares the bejesus out of you. And that's one of the messages that Danielle was trying to impart. And most entrepreneurs are pretty fearless, but you really got to push ahead and do what you believe in.
So that wraps up our 10th anniversary show, our 200th episode. Uh, thank you for this incredible ride, Josh. And, and also, again, thank you to your colleagues at FL for, for your commitment to this service, which, uh, which I think it is, uh, this, this show every week that inspires local entrepreneurs. It's been fun, and uh, let's do another decade. And, Dan, uh, what a great co-host. Uh, you keep me straight and narrow. Well, maybe not all the time because uh, not everybody has that control over me. But uh, also, what, what a great co-host I have. Thank you, Dan. And thanks, of course, to all our fine, 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 experienced entrepreneurs, and, of course, to all the listeners. Looking forward to the next 10. Monday nights at 7 p.m. on CJAD 800, FL Montreal. Go to their website and check out uh, The Whole Vault, 200 episodes there if you like. See you next time, Josh.